welcome to the Built on Air podcast. Built on Air is a regular podcast where we talk with everyday people and learn about the amazing things they are doing with Airtable. Today's podcast is sponsored by OpenSide, the leading solutions provider for Airtable customers. Check out OpenSide.com to learn more about their products and services that can take your Airtable usage to the next level. Use promo code BUILTONAIR to receive $20 towards any product purchase. In this episode, I speak with Melanie Magdalena, scientist, creator, web designer, developer, and self-proclaimed unicorn. Melanie works with nonprofits and entrepreneurs to simplify their workflows using no-code solutions. After kicking off her career in archaeology, life took her in a different direction and she started using her technological knowledge to build platforms to help her day-to-day work life. Today, she resides in Austin, Texas, and is a co-founder of Data, a digital consulting service helping small businesses to solve their data problems. Together with her co-founders, they recently released Automation Academy, where users can sign up to check out their automation recipes. In today's episode, Melanie showcases the base she created to calculate the scores of student assessments, and details an extremely creative way to get the data she needs in the right spots. Find her online at melaniemagdalena.com and on various platforms as M2 Creates. So thank you, Melanie, for taking the time to speak with me today. Welcome to Built on Air. Hello. Thanks for having me. Of course. So I figured we'd start with a little bit about who you are, what you do, and we'll go from there. All righty. My name is Melanie Magdalena. I am pretty much just a unicorn at this point. I've, I've just decided on the label. I go from everywhere between design, development, data, playing with no code, with code, all that good stuff. Whatever needs to get the job done, I tend to just learn how to do it. And that is how I ended up in the Airtable world because it lets me get a lot of stuff done. That's awesome. I love, I love how you call yourself a unicorn. That's just perfect. Yep. Uh, it's just like, am I a designer? Am I a developer? Am I a data scientist? You know what? I'm all of it. And I own that. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's awesome. I can relate to that. That's perfect. So how did you find Airtable? Oh, let's see. I don't remember exactly how I found it. I know I was working at the community college at the time. I used to work for Central New Mexico Community College, and I was their first multimedia specialist for distance learning. And our big project that we were working on was creating a textbook replacement. So basically, one of the instructors was going to write up the whole history of New Mexico. We we're going to turn it into one book so that students didn't have to buy like eight of them. And we were going through and keeping track of the enormous amount of assets we had in Google Sheets. And somewhere along that, I ran into Airtable and went, oh, this probably would have been useful. <laughs> And didn't use it because it was way too far into the project to switch up how we were managing things. Of course. And then a couple of years went by and at a previous job, we needed to figure out a better way to manage a bunch of stock photos we had. And I was just like, I think there's something in my bookmarks <laughs> that would be perfect for this. <laughs> Lo and behold, there was Airtable and I use it almost on a daily basis ever since. That's awesome. Yeah, it's crazy how it, it you can just make it fit to whatever you need it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably what I love most about it as well. Um, so that's that's awesome. Um, you were in archaeology before this? Yes. So I am an archaeologist on paper. All right. 
<laughs> that is so cool. Yes, I, I started with uh, in Austin, Texas, doing the Associates in Archaeology at Austin Community College, and then took a semester off because I finished the program in three semesters instead of four, <laughs> and wasn't transferring anywhere until the following fall. So I started doing freelance work in web design. My old, um, uh, what was she? Essentially my mentor needed a logo and then she needed a website and then I just kind of took off from there. And while I was in New Mexico getting my degree, continued doing computer science stuff on the side because it's a really good gig in college. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and that turned into me trying to design and develop an open science publishing platform. Oh my goodness. So basically undergrads could actually publish their research and show off all of their effort and work to the scientific community. That is so cool. That is like really, really cool, actually. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's called Origins. It's knowyourorigins.org if anyone wants to look at my uh, not nearly as active project, but it's still alive. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, I definitely, I would check that out. Uh, my boyfriend is a scientist as well, so I'm sure he would really like that. That's really cool. Yeah, it's still open, and uh, as I go, I keep making it easier for people to actually publish their research on there. So eventually, it'll just be a nice little self-sustaining thing that will probably end up getting Airtabled as well. <laughs> I was about to ask, is it, on, is it Airtable uh, related at all? or Not yet, but I have quite a few um, pipelines I could put into it for processing new pieces, reviewing, vouching, all of that good stuff. So someday it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I feel I feel like I keep doing that as well. I have all these processes all over the place. I'm like, oh, I could move that over to Airtable, and mm -hmm. that's awesome. Are you um, using Airtable for your day-to-day -day work life, or are you helping clients to begin using it, or both? I would say both. So I was using it for managing my freelance stuff and keeping track of making sure I was sending invoices, did so-and-so pay yet, basic stuff like that. Then at one point, I went down this rabbit hole of, I'm going to do my own marketing, and I'm going to build this whole content calendar distribution thing. That never went anywhere. <laughs> I set it all up, but I never did it. <laughs> then it turned into working with clients on it, mm -hmm. and now a lot of the stuff that I use it for personally is to create dynamic content for Twitch. Okay. So... In my little household, we, we dabble with Twitch broadcasting. And one of the most underrated parts of Airtable is if you know just enough to mess with their API, you can do some cool stuff. And it's really cool to be able to have shout outs to anyone who supports the channel yeah. while you're live, whenever you're, whenever you're starting your broadcast, whenever you're ending your broadcast. So we've got a nice little database of people who are actively supporting the channel that would just control with some checkboxes and it pops up with what their tier is and their name and it cycles through and it's great. And soon that's going to get uh, re-rigged to be automated because right now it's all manual. It's just like, oh, I got a new one. Let's put it in there. But now with Integromat, we're actually going to expand it so it's real time. That's really cool. And then that sets up the, the playing field so that we can have a live leaderboard. Okay. So that people can actually see their ranking and how long have you been here? What all have, how many games have you gifted? <laughs> That's a big one. <laughs> how many gifted games have we not played yet? <laughs> oh my gosh. That's awesome. What kind of games are you playing? 
I play JRPGs for the most part. I mostly just play Pokemon, but um, we tend to co- uh, we tend to co-stream some of the more battle intense types of games. I like collecting everything and crafting it into cool stuff, and then I don't care about fighting anything. <laughs> That's, that would be me as well. <laughs> I've been playing Tales of Symphonia for the past four years, and I think I'm like thirty percent through the game, so it's, it's slow. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so you're using Integromat to do shoutouts, or you will be using it. Yes, it will. It, basically, we're going to replace having to manually keep track of. Oh, someone resubbed today. It'll just be. It'll just be checking off of their. Uh, they basically have an HTTP option, so you can hook up any API you want if you can figure out how to do it. So now we can actually just pull the full API through their two versions they have, the new one and the old one, but not everything in the old one is in the new one, yeah. such as such as development. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's in the same place, but now we can rig it together so that it is all in the same place, and then we can use it. Of course. Well, that's, I mean, that's just awesome how I feel like the development world is developing such that there's all these pieces that you have to put together, but in such a way that creates a much powerful, much more powerful platform. Um, It sounds like you're really using those to your advantage. So that's really cool. Oh, I'm trying. And it's always fun working with automation because especially with Airtable, you think you know how you want to build a database. Mm-hmm. And then you want to start figuring out how to fill in that database without having to type it in by hand. And then you start seeing patterns and structure. And then you end up rebuilding the entire thing at least twice at to least. get it to the point where you want it so that it has minimal amount of labor required. And you end up just kind of looking at the content and making sure that it's in order. And if it's not, then you just tweak that two, those two little things and off you go. Exactly. That's awesome. Yeah, one thing I really do with Airtable is I use it as a hub. I don't so much use it as like an active login. I'm going to create 50 records today and connect them in a bunch of places. It's just like I have all of this other data and I need a way to keep track of it. Right. And make sure that everything is synced between point A, B, C, and Z. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It sounds like you use a lot of different apps, right? You you just launched Automators Academy. Yes. So back in, I believe, May is when I launched it. I basically was coming up with a whole bunch of ideas for how to replicate an old customer management system I built. Mm -hmm. And essentially that project was if you wanted to find out who a client was and what website you should be working on on their behalf, you had to dig through Intercom. And not Intercom in the sense of it's on their profile in the little, you know, descriptor where it says website. No, no, no. The first email in Intercom that said they had a website. You had to go find that. And I was like, well, this is weird. So I started keeping track of the people I was managing in Google Sheets mm-hmm. because I didn't have too many of them. And then it turned into a complete Airtable build for the entire company and everybody was managed from there. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then whatever, a couple months after I left there, they finally replaced it with a custom solution because it got to the point where it needed to talk to things that you can't just hear Zapier. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That was, a, that was a good project though. But yeah, Automators Academy came out of it because it's just like, okay, so there's a lot of cool stuff you can do with Stripe. Let's say you have a new client and you want to keep track of whether or not they paid on time. 
not everyone has access to Stripe necessarily in a company, but you do need to see they paid, they're late, they canceled. Right. So you have their name, whatever property that you're supposed to be managing for them and what day they were last billed with a formula column that says, is this greater than 30 days ago? If it is, then it's not paid for. (laughs) (laughs) And I basically built a bunch of blueprints Mm -hmm. and the the main module that exists right now is how to track the entire billing lifecycle of a customer from when they onboard to if they're renewing, if they've canceled, collecting cancellation feedback that incorporates more of a jot form side. And then we also added some modules on Kartra, which is comparable to Infusionsoft, but also lead pages and click funnels. And it basically replaces about 12 apps. Oh my gosh. For a uh, tenth of the price. That's awesome. So, it has, a, it has a section on how to leverage that as a tool because it's really useful if you want a CRM and a membership portal and landing pages and everything else. Right. But you don't want to pay for something like Salesforce, which is just insane. Yeah. So Automators Academy is a little place for me to put all of my automation knowledge, which is currently very, very full of Airtable. <laughs> <laughs> and basically it comes down to, is it going to use... It, how to use Zapier with a whole bunch of stuff or Integromat now that I'm starting to dabble with that one. I'm just like, okay, I see the potential here. I can do a lot more convoluted stuff in here. <laughs> well, I'm interested actually in that. Is that, um, how would you compare it to Zapier? Are you, are you more happy with Integromat or are there um, distinct advantages? It depends on what you want to do. So right. one of my biggest gripes with Zapier is Once you start getting past about four or five steps, the likelihood of your entire thing corrupting gets exponentially high. Mm -hmm. A great example is using any Google product with it. (laughs) Google Sheets in particular will corrupt for no reason. You'll just go, oh, okay, I need to switch which sheet this is putting stuff into now in the same file, just a different page, and then it will just stop working. Mm -hmm. And it will just say error. It won't say oh, this is an invalid field type. It'll just say error, could not connect, the end. And then you have to delete the whole thing and start over. Oh. I haven't had that problem with Integromat yet, which is very nice. Also, they have the added advantage of using what they call a data store. Okay. So with Airtable, the best way to run automations is to always be pulling record IDs. Mm-hmm. It's the most foolproof way to make sure nothing goes wrong and you don't update the wrong thing. Right. Which in Zapier requires doing a lookup the search function every single time find the id now put it in here now if you want the new results you got to search it again to pull in the new data and then search it again and again and again yeah. <laughs> with integromat you can actually create a data store and do key value pairs so the first time you add someone's data to airtable you can actually grab their record id and just keep it in integromat oh so that- now anytime you want to do something to that particular record you can just be like this, I need X email address. It finds the record ID, update it, That's put all this data in it. And I was like, this is useful. Yeah, I could see a thousand uses for that. That's awesome. I'll, I'll report back in like a month once I get beyond, you know, the hype mode and actually start using it in practice and get, okay, is this still a good idea? But right. it seems like there's a lot of potential there to eliminate a bunch of headaches. That, that's awesome. I, yeah, I definitely want to start, uh, getting into that a little bit here and there. I've, I've looked at it, but 
I haven't tried it a whole bunch with it. So that's awesome. Um, so what, as you're using Airtable, are you finding that there's any like shortcomings that you wish that they would address? Um, are your clients coming up with anything that they wish you could work around? Um, my biggest dilemma with Airtable yes. is the inability to format long text, the long description option. Mm -hmm. Since I use the API a lot for a bunch of different things, it always involves having to include BR tags, and I actually want this to be bold or a header, and you got to stuff it full of HTML, which is fine. I, I know HTML. But anyone else who goes in there and looks at it is like, what's going on? Right. Because it's not legible anymore. Exactly. I just want a new column type for Markdown. Because if I can have Markdown, I can parse that into whatever I want. Exactly. <laughs> that is my, my, biggest, my biggest wish list item. And if I can't have Markdown, I would like an option that lets me have lists. Mm. One, of the, one of my biggest pain points of converting people from Trello to Airtable is the inability to do subtasks yep. with checkboxes. People like checkboxes. And I can add columns that are a bunch of checkboxes, but let's say it's a bug report. Right. And a bug has three different things that you need to fix. Do you just call it thing one column, thing two column, thing three column? What if there's four? What if it no longer applies to half of them? Exactly. It's just making messy data that somebody else has to take care of. And right. then you get to like, okay, well, you just put it in the description and use the markdown way of doing it, which is bracket, space, bracket, put an X in it whenever you finish that, but eh, it's sloppy. Yeah, it's not as pretty. No, not at all. It's not as pretty. It's really hard to track progress that way because now you have to open every description, read it, can't just add a glance. I'm like, I just need a progress field right. <laughs> of some sort. It doesn't really, I, I am sure that there's some way to do it, hopefully someday. Or maybe nest records inside the same table. That could be an interesting, elegant solution as well. That I would love to do. I mean, you can, you can group, but and, and when you do subtasks, I mean, what I usually do is I do a table of subtasks that is linked to a table of tasks and then grouped by that. But even yep. that is just not as elegant. You know, I, I, I agree. Rich text and the checkboxes, that would just be perfect. Like, mm -hmm. That's like... I would be really happy with that. <laughs> yeah, I would as well. I think that's something a lot of people are waiting for, for sure. Yeah, no, I've, that's how I've handled a lot of stuff too. Is you have your subtask board <laughs> of stuff and it's just like link, link, link. Or I've started linking dependencies by just making the link record for the same table. Oh yeah, definitely. And that's another thing I wish they would support is they started supporting roll-ups and, and lookups for self-linked tables, but they're not interdependent. So you could link one, but it doesn't show up as linked to the other. Mm. Which, I mean, that might cause some problems in circular references and headaches, but like, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, do you have any favorite things about Airtable? I really like that you can basically just connect everything. Yeah. Linked records are fantastic. They really are. Because as long as you know how to use them in automation, again, record ID is your best friend. If you try to make a linked record off of plain text, your mileage may vary. <laughs> <laughs> that took a few rounds before I figured it out. But yeah, I, I really like using linked records. I am extremely particular about 
naming my columns in a way that's API friendly. Mm -hmm. The first time I set up a big base and was going to automate it, I had a bunch of spaces in my names. Mm -hmm. Spaces don't play well. No, they don't. No, they don't. They don't. It would be really useful if there was some sort of column ID. That would be nice on a, on the wish list side of things. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think they have a field ID, but it's not accessible anywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's way too, you have to like go in through Zapier to find it. And I don't even think you can use it for much, if, if anything. But yeah, if if we could hit just like, I want this column all the time and have a column ID, that would be great. Yeah, that's awesome. That would be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I mostly just like the fact that I can do most of the stuff, I say most, of what I would do with Google Sheets. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, now we've got the block for deduplicating, but it's still, hmm, <laughs> it's not perfect. Yeah. And And to be fair, Sheets only added deduping in the past month. Yeah, yeah. It, it can finally try to identify duplicates. So I still run a lot of my data. I export as CSVs, go through sheets, mass cleanup, put it back in Airtable. Right, exactly. That's a, reg- that's a regular part of my flow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, hopefully someday Airtable will allow more versatility in their sorting and filtering in terms of like grabbing that information out of there. Um, but yeah, no, that's awesome. And then you, uh, so Automators Academy, that was through Data, is that? Yes, Data is my, my new agency. Awesome. Yay. Um, <laughs> two of my friends and I back in March joined forces and decided that instead of all independently freelancing and sending jobs to each other, we would just work together. Nice. That's <laughs> so, awesome. <laughs> we've been doing that. It's working out great. Uh, a lot of our Airtable projects are coming through that. Also, one of my co-founders does a lot of business coaching and automation-related stuff as well. So we have skill overlap, which is very useful. Absolutely. That's great. Well, congratulations. That sounds awesome. Yes, we do automation, web design, web development, progressive web apps, coaching, some SEO stuff. We work um, with nonprofits and small businesses. That's, right. that's like our focus. We like helping the little people. because we believe that your mission is just as important as the big people. So we're going to help you. Absolutely. And that's great. I think, I feel like a lot of these apps and um, like platforms are great to cater to those audiences and slash customers because they're providing these tools with little to no experience needed and at a 10th of the cost. So that's, I think is really great. It is. It's it's really cool being able to give people so much power in just such a tiny little package. Exactly. <laughs> so what is the project you'll be sharing with us today? So uh, earlier this year, we were working on an assessment tracker. So we were working with a, a client who does equestrian-related courses and teaching, and they have tons of students, and they all get to learn how to do certain things with horses. And they have different skill levels. And basically, we needed to figure out how to convert paper to computers. (laughs) Because the way assessments worked was someone bought the the slot online. And then they're just like, cool, fill out this form, include like a DVD of you doing the training, mail it in, 
somebody will watch it, someone will contact shipping and tell them that they need to give you this. And then all of that got saved in Microsoft Access, which exactly one person could get into. <laughs> so whenever I started working on this project, it was the Airtable portion. The whole, the whole part on transactions was already dealt with and just needed a little fine tuning for the database side of things. But that part was done. And then I started with having to first figure out how to move Microsoft Access into Airtable. And let me tell you, on a Macintosh, that is not an easy doing. <laughs> <laughs> my, first, my first day on the project consisted of me calling the library down the street and asking them if their computers were equipped with access because I needed to open the database <laughs> and export the entire thing into CSVs so that I could do something with it. Of course. Turns out uh, my CSVs didn't work. I got home and all my CSVs were empty. Oh. So I went back to the library the next day and I converted the database to an ODB format, which is like an older version of Access, and bought some interesting $10 app that is for just opening those types of files. It's called MDB ACCDB Viewer. Oh my goodness. It has CSV exporting and it's fantastic. <laughs> Best like $10 I ever spent. And then that turned into having to write a couple of scripts to actually clean up the data because even if you've got top tier Airtable, you get 50,000 records. Right. This is 10 years of data. Oh no. There's about 100 and some thousand worth of lines and had to figure out, okay, who are the instructors? All right, we need instructors. We need students. Students are important. And then since we're doing assessments, we need every submission they did. So like the application, what did they say they were doing? And then what did they actually get for it? So right there, we've got three tables because it turned out that the actual instructors who are grading these, simple select column. Who are you? Right. This one. Excellent. Yes. <laughs> so... Once that got resolved and I actually had data to work with, we had to figure out how to get rid of a lot of it. It was just like, this doesn't all fit. It can't all go in Airtable. It could all go into Airtable if you never want to add anyone else. Right. But that's kind of counterintuitive for converting it into a digital process. Right. So we had to get rid of anything that was no longer needed. So if they, they, had four, they have four different classes, and each class has four levels that you can grade into. So at the end, the end goal is to get to the fourth level of each one. So for data purging, we decided that if you are already level four, we don't need level three, right. and so on and so forth. And my coworker figured out how to write a nice little PHP script that did a lot of that heavy lifting. Nice. <laughs> and from there, put it all into Airtable, linked it all together, and automated a bunch of it. And whenever we, we go into show and tell, I have some formulas that are very eclectic that I think people might get a kick out of. And we'll probably be like, that's not the right way to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but it works. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'm excited to see it. Um, I think now if you want to share your screen, that'd be great. All righty, let's do it. Uh, I'm going to actually start with 
this part here so I can just walk you through how this base works. Awesome. So there are five tables and we everything starts out with customers mm -hmm. and then customers have orders. So they buy how many of these, uh, uh, these auditions they want to do basically. And then whenever one is submitted by a student to get graded, it goes here. And whenever the instructor goes in grades and it goes into scores. And then all of this is consolidated into students because the end goal of this whole project was not only to move it off of paper, but the second part was everybody else in the company needs to be able to just look up a student and know what they have. Right. So we needed a place to put it. So that you could be like, oh, so-and-so says that they didn't get their certificate. Which certificate should they have? They need this one, this one, this one, and this one. Done. <laughs> right. So this is what the base looks like. This is a, all sample data. <laughs> <laughs> so in here, I have uh, in my customers, we have three different people. Their purchaser ID is uh, in the real world connected to Infusionsoft so right. that we can keep track of who in Infusionsoft is buying everything. Their orders come from Shopify and mm -hmm. are rolled up so that we can see how many they have purchased and redeemed because you can't, you're not allowed to redeem more than what you've purchased. So that's just a, a check so you can keep track of that. And Orders is fairly similar. It's got the order ID, which comes from Shopify, when they bought it, how much they got. That's the number that gets rolled up in customers. Mm -hmm. And then we have uh, auto-created time and current time so that if you want to, you can do some math between these and follow up. It's like, hey, it's been like 60 days since you bought this. Would you like to send us anything? Follow up, make sure people don't forget that they paid a lot of money for something. <laughs> and if you want, I can show you a diagram of how that data gets here. Yes, that'd be great. Cool. So there's a handful of automations that go into this that make the world go around. So like I said, we have Shopify, which is the starting point in this, in this world. We've got an autofulfill plugin installed on Shopify that basically creates a CSV in Google Drive of all of the new orders. And then we're going to, we manipulate that CSV that it sends out at, what, at whatever interval we happen to put it at. <laughs> and Zapier takes all of those new orders and decides that it's gonna make a new file. And then it imports that CSV and it creates the rows accordingly. Then due to trigger limitations, we got a second zap. <laughs> <laughs> that goes, there's a new row. Cool. What do we do? Step one, you transform all of your email addresses to lowercase or you're going to have a bad time. Yes. <laughs> text, text transform is also your best friend. <laughs> then in Airtable, we find or create a record for them because if they're new, they will need a new record. If they're old, they will have a record, mm -hmm. which, we, which we make sure we account for case sensitivity of who typed in the email address and always use lowercase. Yes. <laughs> Once the customer is taken care of, obviously these include fill-in fields as right. we go. Once we have the customer ready, then we go to that orders table, make a new record for the order, then do what I mentioned earlier and go back to the customer table and find them again <laughs> mm -hmm. so we can get their finished data. 
And then we're generating a random number that we're actually adding to Infusionsoft for one of its peculiarities and then updating the contact over there with they bought this and here's their new tags and all of the good marketing side of it. Awesome. I love that graphic too. It's really clear and nice. <laughs> nice. So then come the submissions, which are going to start. This is when students get involved. So now that students don't have to mail in a piece of paper with some postage, mm -hmm. in the learning dashboard, there's a, it's run through WordPress and uses a plugin called Membirium, which is basically memberships for Infusionsoft in a WordPress environment. And with Membirium and Gravity Forms, we're able to create nice little custom forms that are relevant to the one person who's entering stuff. Awesome. So uh, let's, let's go here. So in Membirium, student signs in, types out all of their details, includes a link to YouTube, mm -hmm. or says I'm still mailing you a DVD or USB or whatever, because sometimes you have to do that. That's fine. What? And whenever they submit it, we have a notification that goes to the instructor with a pre-filled form link for Airtable. Okay. <laughs> so the email has all of the criteria that they're supposed to know that they're grading against. And then using Airtable's pre-filling URL shenanigans, we add in the email address of the student, what they're competing for, all of that good stuff. Right. And then we're also creating the row in the database, which follows the same path of there is a new entry, this uses Zapier, transform the email to lowercase, find student this time, because who purchased it is not necessarily who's using it. Right. And then we're creating the, the record with what all they did, find the customer associated with who paid for it, so we count it as redeemed, and then we generate another random number that goes into Infusionsoft and updates that world of things. So basically, we end up with this lovely collection of data, mm -hmm. which is fairly straightforward. There's not much magic happening in the submission world. It's basically just a in-between, let's pause, get everything collected, and then, oh, let's see if I have a sample form. So this is basically the form that gets included for the instructors so that they can see what they're supposed to be grading on, and they consult the email they were given of, here's all of that. And okay. This is where I said that they just need to just pick, who, who is grading this? <laughs> you don't need your own record. <laughs> yep. So the interesting thing about handling form fills, though, mm -hmm. is that, like I said, you always want to use record IDs. Right. But in this case, you can't. Right. At least not easily. So... What happened was we actually created text fields for handling email and the ID of the submission that get pre-filled. And, and then in Zapier, it copies that data into the linked record. Okay. So that it resyncs with all of the other tables. Ah. <laughs> it's kind of weird, but it works. <laughs> no, absolutely. So whenever they submit this, it basically creates what's called the score record. And the score record is where things actually start getting very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so here you can see the, 
the fallback link record because we need it to be connected to the submission table and to the student because this is this is our end goal data. We need to know what these are so we can aggregate them. Right. And from here, let's go back to so we got our scores. It will it creates our the, those links I mentioned. And mm -hmm. then one of the things that's going on behind the scenes at this point is like as far as human interaction goes, we stop here. So what we need to do is say which type of award they ended up getting and send that to the appropriate individual at the company so that they can do that. Right. So uh, that makes use of Zapier's paths mm -hmm. to notify of here's their shipping info and please make sure you send them a certificate or a ribbon or an email or something. Right. Meanwhile, now our, my, my biggest goal here and the part that took the longest was figuring out how to take all of these scores and display the newest, highest score for each category for one student. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a challenge. So for, for those watching this, this is the, the simplified view of what, what these look like. There's a lot more columns here. There's a lot of math that happens. So, for example, let's say that, uh, let's, let's start with, so scores on here are selects. Okay. What if they actually, they, they're basically competing for a certain level, and then the score either is how well they did, or the fact that they tried to compete for something that was too high, so they didn't qualify for it yet. But in this particular scenario, the scores are kind of silly, or funny, I don't know. They're peculiar. <laughs> you can't necessarily fail. Okay. You either do okay, you do good, or you do great. Okay. So for the level you're competing at, let's say it's level one, you can get a one, a one plus, or a one plus plus. All right. And that is the internal grading system, and that is what we have to show customer support. What do they get like that? Okay. I'm with you. You can't, you can't roll those up very easily. No. <laughs> <laughs> you can't really roll those up in any uh, legible way. <laughs> so I'm just going to hide a few of these columns real quick so that we can walk through how you get this number. So like, let's take student A here. Student A got a, th uh, let's see, uh, a four plus in math in my particular scenario here mm -hmm. <laughs> versus their original three. Okay. So in students, if we go look at math, you will see that it has the four plus mm -hmm. and four pluses date, which I will put the date back so that you can see exactly where that, I don't know why I hit that one. <laughs> so there's that date. So how do you roll up a select field and a date when there are multiples and just keep the one that you want? <laughs> so we start with what I created called a level index. So basically it looks at this first select and goes, if the level says level one, then this means one. And we'd start turning into things into plain numbers. Right. We use those plain numbers to cross-check their, their full 
score that they're going to get here because this needs to be used to tell whoever is shipping things that here's what we got. Mm-hmm. Let's let's send them what they need. So it, this is just it the nested if statement um, for let's see six, 16 of them. There's 16 of them because there are four subjects and four levels for each. <laughs> and it basically checks that level index and what this score was to determine whether which which things should be going in here. Right. Now we also want to make sure that nothing went wrong and then they actually got the award for it. So this simply checks is there a date? Yes, fantastic. That means you got an award. Perfect. So now we have to turn these little pluses into something that's useful, <laughs> which is what I call the level score. And the level score does not fit in this tiny little window. So if we come over here, this is the same as in here, I believe. Uh, this is the other one I did. So this is, this is simple. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't actually copy this one out. Oh, boy. Here we go. Just to show you how big this is. <laughs> Oh, of course. So each of these takes that score value, that's the select, mm-hmm. cross-checks it against the level index, because I'm using an and. It's like both of these have to be true. And if so, this is going to be worth 10. Right. Whereas the other one is 11, and the third one is 12, and so on and so forth. So I basically took the college method. It's like 100 level, 200 level, 300 level, 400 level. Let's give these all a value. I like it. So for each of the subjects, then we do a score check against that, which just takes that and adds 100 to it. Okay. It, it verifies that they did get the award, that the, the subject is cur- the same subject, the level index meets a certain criteria, and it adds 100 to it. Okay. Once you can have all of that, <laughs> and you duplicate that for each of them and just make sure you label it nicely. We have the, this is the clean version of where you can just see those last two. Mm -hmm. But if you want those, we now calculate max score. This is where roll-ups come in, which is exciting. Yes. So the first portion of a max score is just go use my score check on a subject and find the max value. Right. Easy peasy. No big deal. (laughs) And then... We want to reparse that back into the original score now that we've moved it between tables, <laughs> which looks something like this, where we take that max score, and if max equals that 100 level number, then it has no pluses or one or two and so on and so forth. Right. And that's how you get these ones across. Okay. How do you, but how do you get date? Right. <laughs> Do you have any ideas on how you get date? I'm just curious. Um, I would do something with rolling them up and matching them against the, the, the score check somehow. But then that might not work because you might have the same score twice for a student, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, so sure <laughs> the way I figured out how to roll up a date to get my match was um, using Unix timestamps. All right. So 
this date again let's let's look at this one that had math was uh, uh may 17th so you can convert may 17th 2019 to unix which gives you pure numbers and nothing else but it will technically still count it as a string right it's really hard to roll up things that aren't numbers yeah. so date check which is the equivalent checks the the normal criteria and then we convert the date time format to unix as a value so it becomes a pure number numbers you can roll up yes so over here we we get to get our max value again simple then um this is another one i i don't believe fits in the box but it does here we go and then uh you make sure it's not zero mm -hmm. then you date time parse it back into unix for the time zone okay and then you convert it again to month date year right so it takes four columns between two <laughs> tables <laughs> actually five columns if you include the original date one but you can go from date to unix to number to date to proper formatted human readable date once yeah. more <laughs> oh my goodness and the result is really cool because now you can see at a glance the highest score mm -hmm. with its respective date for each of the subjects because what could happen and what I needed to prevent was what if you did it once and then decided you wanted to try again right because you can do that so in one of my samples I've included how student B here tried once and got a one plus but then they tried at a later date and got a one well <laughs> we want to give them the higher score because that was the best one out of them right. so they get to keep it they get to keep their higher score which right. is cool <laughs> and then and then at the end of the day all of this goes back into infusionsoft using okay. the last modified if it's modified it goes into a new view hit zapier goes into infusionsoft and it updates all of their final scores from the table that's awesome so now support can see the data they need shipping gets the info they need instructors have exactly what they need to do their job and as long as nobody changes their email address it works perfectly <laughs> right that's that's the one thing i worry about with with using emails as like the unique identifier because i mean this will happen across any unique identifier but most people can't type their email address it's so funny how many errors i get with like, oh and you'll notice here that my student id is hyphenated to include their name because that'll help we no, we discovered that multiple students can belong to the same customer uh -huh. and share the same email address oh gosh yeah, <laughs> so yeah that was an interesting formula to figure it's like how do i make sure that they're absolutely 100 percent unique but that also has its own flaws because what if they add an extra space in their name exactly and that's so there's still there's still a little bit of a human element you know keep an eye on it but oh, of course. No, that's <laughs> awesome. but yeah uh basically it ended up being oh i'm sorry 19 years of data oh my goodness for 6,000 students 13,500 assessments seven little pieces of automation four forms and one base 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. You definitely overcame some big challenges with that one. That's awesome. Oh, I just, I just hope it keeps working as intended. <laughs> <laughs> the, the future of this project is still slightly ongoing. The, the Airtable side of it is done. Now there's some work being done on actually populating that Infusionsoft data directly into the Mimbarium system mm -hmm. so that you can see real time. It's like, oh, the last one I did was in October and I got this score. I haven't done these other three yet. I should go do that. So now it's the, the student incentivizing <laughs> section of the project. Well, that's awesome. And I mean, now you have all the data there for them to, to be able to access. So that's great. Mm -hmm. It makes it a lot easier for all parties involved. Oh, yep. That's, that's the goal. Exactly. <laughs> Once the heavy lifting of figuring out what the format of things needs to be, it's, it's easier to keep it all flowing in a less stressful manner. Oh my gosh. No, oh, that's awesome. Very impressive. Thank you. It was, it was a lot of fun building that. And I'm sure there's a lot of other use cases for it because basically the end, at the end of the day, it's someone did a test. Mm -hmm. They did the same test multiple times. What was their best score and what day? Right. And or which semester or which year <laughs> or whatever. No, of course. No, that's awesome. And that's, that's a big, uh, I mean, especially if you don't have like a junction or a summary table, like uh, sometimes trying to drag things from table to table is just difficult in some ways, trying to set up the linking relationships correctly. It looks like you did a really good job with that. Oh, it definitely went through at least three iterations before we got it right. <laughs> yeah, of course. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's really cool. Well, thank you so much for showing me that. And Yeah, absolutely. That's great. And um, so we will mention, we'll put your website and everything in the show notes. Awesome. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to uh, have people know? Um, I'm Melanie from Data. <laughs> we create beautiful, simple solutions, whether that's data, design, or development. We like working with nonprofits and small businesses to just help you get your job done. At the end of the day, the best experience is an experience that users can use, but people forget about internal users. The fact that you work for a company means that you should also have an elegant way of doing your job. And I think it's a lot of fun building stuff like this to help people do that. I couldn't agree more. And it looks like you do a good job at it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Of course.